0: Sounds like somebody knows what prayer can do. Prayer has changed some things. What I found out that not only prayer changes things, prayer changes you. Thank God for prayer. thank the senior pastor of this church for this opportunity to stand before you in his stead. And I stand today on this 40th day of a a new year and a new decade grateful. I thank God for this church family. I Thank God that pastor talked about it at 8 o'clock and it brought back a memory to me uh, that how good God has been to me and my family to be a part of this church family for over 80 years. Uh, Mama started it and here we are down through the generations and one way or another we all are serving God's people through the good hope church that's nothing but the grace of God. Nothing but the blessings of God. And I thank him. And so when I stand today, I stand in humility and with a grateful heart. Let us pray. Dear God, our Father, we come right now thanking you for this chance to share your word. God, I pray that your people will be edified and most of all, you'll be glorified. Thank you for your word. So now, Lord, we are now ready to receive it. I ask that you bless the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. Thank you, Lord, for being my redeemer and my strength. The strong name of Jesus I pray. Amen. We've probably noticed already that you're missing something. Uh, you don't have a piece of paper. We're gonna go old school this morning. You can take out your Bible. Now I know we smartphone, so I'm gonna give you a minute to pull out your smartphone. And even if you don't have that Bible app, I give you a hot second to download it. <laughs> but we're going to use God's word this morning. Right. And you can make notes with your phone or whichever way you desire. Our text this morning is in the New Testament, the book of Philippians, particularly the fourth chapter Verses six through seven, the New American Standard. And the word of God reads, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The grass withers and the flower fades thereof. But the word of our God shall stand forever. Patty LaBelle is probably one of my favorites. If you ever go to a Patty concert, she's going to give you 120. She doesn't leave anything in the back room. She brings it all. One time when I went, got so good to Patty, she took off her shoes. (laughs) You can count on her giving you everything she has. 1985, she recorded a hit single that was played with the movie The Beverly Hills Cop. Some of you may remember that song. I'm feeling good from my head to my shoes. I know where I'm going and I know what to do. I've tied it up my point of view. I've got a new attitude. I'm in control. My worries are few because I got a love like I never knew. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I got a new attitude. Many of us would like to identify with Patty. 2019 was rough, 2020 didn't start off good. You need a new attitude. And So today when we leave here today I want us to claim and declare this thought, I've got a new attitude. There are three biblical imperatives in this text that's going to help us to surrender our lives to God, and to claim a new attitude. When we look at Philippians, it is a letter written by the Apostle Paul, and this is a special letter for him because it is written to the body of believers where he first planted his first church on his second journey. Uh, this church had kind of a, a special meaning for him. Uh, they were one of the primary churches that supported his ministry, not only spiritually, but financially. And so Paul writes this letter for several reasons. Uh, they were having some difficulties, and so he writes it to encourage them. He, he writes it to remind them to be of the same mind and to love one another and to live in unity. He, he writes it to, to remind them that they should look out after the interests of others before themselves. Uh, he, he writes this uh, as a, a letter that has joy and encouragement. Uh, in this particular letter, Paul writes about joy and rejoice about 16 times. And that's interesting because Paul writes this letter from prison. Right. He's in chains. It doesn't look good for him. His circumstances are bad. He's got enough to, to where he could be troubled by. And, and Paul says, no, Rejoice. And again, I say to you, rejoice. Uh, He he talks about in this letter an attitude and how you should think. He he writes about it ten times. Uh, The believers were having issues, and the issues were so great that it was hindering the work of proclaiming Christ. So Paul encourages them, and, and he was letting them know that sometimes life and people issues can jack up your attitude. Uh, We need an attitude adjustment. Uh, Do you know anybody in the body of the church that needs an attitude adjustment? Now before you answer that question, hold up. You might find out you're one of them. So be careful when you ask that question. Uh, These imperatives here in this text is going to help us this morning to realize that we need a new attitude. So the very first imperative that I want you to see here in the text, Paul says be anxious for nothing. Uh, it's written in the imperative mode and what that tells you and I is that that's a command, that's a must do. Uh, that's not an option, that's not a I'm going to put it on the shelf and take care of that at another time. No, he says be anxious for nothing and, and anxious is another word for worry and it's, and it's written in the present tense. And in the present tense it means it's an ongoing action. And So be anxious for nothing means all the time be anxious for nothing. And when you're anxious and when you're worried, it has the idea of of meditating. You know how we do. We we meditate on it. We marinate on it. We turn that thing over and over again. And and we might calm down and start thinking about it more and get upset again. And and so when we worry about things, it, it has this sense of uneasiness. It has a sense of anxiety about the truth, and so when you worry, it has kind of a a pulling apart. You have hope on one side pulling you, you have fear on another side pulling you, and, and before you know it, it's pulling you and stretching you and breaking you into pieces. Uh, you become just a total physical wreck because you're worried, you're anxious. And when we are anxious, it means that we are centering. Our concerns of the world, it takes us away from God. The believers at Philippi were having difficulties. And so Paul gave them this imperative, do not worry, be anxious for nothing. He gives them this perspective and there's a, a fellow in Oakdale, Minnesota that had his perspective as to how he would handle worry. Uh, he says that uh, every year, January first, he gives his wife one dollar and tells her to take care of all our worries for the year. Now you can try to do that, but life is going to change your mind. Uh, worry is the toxic waste of unbelief. In a very spiritual sense, it is a sin. It it leads us to wrong thinking. It leads us to wrong feelings. And in a very real way, it's a lack of confidence in God. Now, I don't say that to mean that we should live like it's a Pollyanna view. You know, like everything is peaches and cream. Everybody loves everybody. We just hugging and, oh, it's just good. (laughs) I've been around long enough to know that don't happen for a simple reason. All have sinned. And falling short of the glory of God. So all of us bring some issues to the table. Life brings us issues that we cannot ignore. Health issues, physical, mental. You lose your job and can't find another one. Abuse. Life tells us that issues are real. Worrying is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but you won't be going anywhere. Matthew 6:34 tells us, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day got enough trouble of its own. I don't know about you, but every day there's something that happens. So we can't be hanging on to all of the stuff that happens. The stuff that happens will mess up your attitude here in the text, Paul says, be anxious for nothing. He uses that word nothing, and that word nothing is an exclusive word. Uh, J. Vernon McGree says, it leaves everything out. Don't worry about nothing. It's an absolute statement. And Paul makes this statement in the midst of his own bad circumstances. He makes this statement in the midst of not knowing what tomorrow will be for himself. He writes this knowing that life has some issues that you 're going to get worried about, so he 's telling the Philippi Church as well as you and I that life might overwhelm you, but when it does, we can 't push God out of the way. God has to be in the mix. I read a story about a pastor that was moving, and uh he said that normally when he moves, he leaves the heaviest furniture for the last thing. So he had his desk, that he was moving, and he was pushing it and pulling it. And then his four-year-old son came in and said, Daddy, let me help you. So he gets behind the desk, and he begins to push the desk, pushing it and pushing it, and, and it wasn't moving. So after a while, the four-year-old says, Daddy, get out of the way. You in the way. And so he gets out the way and let little man push it. Well, you know the end of that story. That death didn't go anywhere. But how many times have we told our heavenly father, get out the way? How many times have we said, I can handle this. I got this. I worried about it enough, I can handle it. I've been messed up about it long enough. You ain't taking care of it, God. You in the way. We tell God to get out of the way. And then you wonder why we're still full of anxiety and worry. Because we've told God, you in the way. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 tells us, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. Paul says, be anxious for nothing. And then in that verse 6, he says, be prayerful for everything. Prayerful for everything. And then Paul kind of uses a play on words here. In verse 6, he says, be anxious for nothing, which is an exclusive word. And then he says, be prayerful for everything. And everything is an inclusive word. So whatever you needed to ignore it's your, for your anxiety, now you need to include it in your prayer. All of the things that you messed up about, you need to be praying about. All of the things that you've been trying to fix and you made it worse trying to fix it, you need to include it in your prayer. You need to understand that whatever you've been meditating on and whatever you've been marinating on, it didn't get fixed. So Paul says, if you're going to change your attitude, you need to pray about it. And I don't know if you've had friends where you call and you complaining about your issue. And they let you complain. And you be worried. And then they drop that question on you. But baby, have you prayed about it? And you shut up because you know you haven't. But Paul is saying, be prayerful about everything. Let your requests be known unto God. And I think Paul understood something about that. Because in Acts 16 and 25, he says, But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise of God. And the prisoners were listening to them. They were in prison. Bad circumstances. And the Bible says that Paul and Silas started praying and singing. So Paul understood something about praying in your circumstances. He understood something about praying about a situation you couldn't do nothing about. So Paul prays. And what is prayer? It's God's gift to us. It keeps us focused on God and not ourselves. Oftentimes we misuse prayer. We treat it as a concierge for us. God, I need this. God, I want this. God, you need to take care of this. Oftentimes, God is just saying, come to me with everything you have and give it to me and I'll handle it. It allows us to lay our burdens on him. The text says that we can go boldly to the throne of grace. It gives us boldness to come in prayer. God wants to hear our hearts. He wants to hear from us. The old songwriter had it right and said, just a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. He'll hear your faintest cry. And he'll answer by and by. And then when you and I are praying about it, we have to let God be God. He's the only one that's omnipotent. All power in his hand. He's the only one that's omniscient. He knows everything. And he's the only one that's omnipresent. Everywhere. Beyond everywhere. Everywhere. So the God that we serve is there to hear our prayer. Sometimes prayer leaves us mystified. Uh, We don't get our answer. It leaves us in doubt. We've been praying about it. We we have anxiety and we've been praying and praying and God just doesn't answer the way we want him to. We're looking for a yes, but in a real sense the answer is no. And sometimes, with our anxiety and worry, God has to close the door to get our attention. That became real to me and my wife a few years ago. Our baby girl had to have uh, surgery. And, uh, you know, you go to the pre-op and they get you all ready, put the little thing on your head and all that. And so... She was in, the baby was enjoying it. Mom and daddy was the ones tripping. And, uh, you know, we were all nerved up. And uh, so they came in and gave baby girl a little joy juice, you know. And so she was just whatever, you know. And uh, my wife and I, we were not there yet. So it came time to, for the surgery. So they wheeled her down to the operating room. They got to the door to go into the operating room, and there was a sign that said medical personnel only, and they closed the door. And what that said to me is that what you should have been doing, I've got to close the door to make you do. You're all nerved up, but you ought to have been praying. You ought to have been asking God to rest your nerves. And sometimes you and I, God has to close the door to take us to our needs. Because we're all worried about things that we can't fix. We're anxious about things that we can't take care of. And the only one that can is the one that has all power in his hand. He's the only one that can take care of it. And every now and then, he closes the door so that you and I can go to him in prayer. Be anxious for nothing. Be prayerful for everything. And finally, Paul says, be thankful for everything. You want a new attitude? Start thanking God. Paul says, the text says, with thanksgiving. Now, this is not after you pray, this is while you're praying. This is while you're praying for Him to fix it, you start thanking Him. And when you start thinking him, you're going to forget what you're worried about. When you start thinking of him, whatever you're anxious about, you're not going to even think about it because you're thinking him. Oh, what can you thank him for? Well, he woke you up this morning. Old folks say he started you on your way. And then he woke you up in your right mind. And not only are you in your right mind, you were able to put on your own clothes. Not only that, you got in your vehicle. Travel these dusty roads and these roads that take you through the highway and the byway. And he brought you to the church, to the house of prayer, safe and sound. Oh, there's a lot you can thank him for. As a matter of fact, while you're anxious and worried about whatever it is, you can thank him that it's not as bad as it could be. You can thank him that he has allowed you to see one more day. He didn't fix it. But it allows you to stand on your own and come one more day. You can thank him because he's been good to you. You can thank him that even though it ain't been fixed, it's been two years and it ain't been fixed, yet you're still in your right mind. God is still taking care of you. You are seeing new mercies morning by morning. Oh, you can thank him. You can thank him because he is a God of mercy. You can thank him because he's a God of grace. You can thank him because he's a God that loves you. You can thank him because of his redeeming love. You got something to thank him for. You got something to thank him that while you were in the hospital, that wasn't the end. Now you're in the church house. You can thank him that even though you had to go to the cemetery, all is well. You can thank him. Yeah, you can thank him. Yeah. He is worthy of our thanks. Thank him because he never left you. Thank him because he's blessing you over over and over and over and over and over and over again. Be thankful in all circumstances. This is God's will. For you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now Paul gives three must do's. And I don't know about you. But when mama would say you got to do X, Y, Z. I was like well what's next? What's in it for me? Well Paul here sets it up. He gives these imperatives. And then in verse 7 there is a connective conjunction there that allows the reader to see what Paul meant is when you are obedient to these imperatives. Uh, He uses that word and and then when he uses and on the back side of and there's something that's a promise that you and I can't give to anybody else and it says and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding." But guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Uh, This and connects what you're supposed to do to the promises that God has for you. And that peace that surpasses understanding is something that you'll never understand, but it is something that you will experience. And God will help you when you do all that he says to do. And then on the backside, we're going to know, how come I don't get upset about that no more? Uh, h- how come I ain't crying over my children no more? H- how come I ain't worried about the job that they say they're going to make me? How come I ain't worried about it no more? Well, I got a new attitude. And I've been praying about it. And I've been giving God thanks about it. And because I have the peace of God, the source that gives us peace, has guarded my heart. My heart has emotions. It's guarded my emotions. My heart, my, my mind, that's where my thoughts come from. So all of the things I've been staring up in my mind because I've been praying about it, because I've been giving God thanks, God gives me peace. And when God gives you peace, you can do like Big Mama and Paul. you can go to sleep at night. Because you know that you've done all you can do And and tonight the problem is still there. And guess what? In the morning it might still be there. But I'm going to sleep tonight because I got the peace of God. And the peace of God cannot be misunderstood. Uh, This is not a peace of the world. No, this is only the peace that comes from God. His peace makes the difference. God brought that home to me few years back, the company I worked for was purchased. Now, if you purchase, that's kind of the wrong end of the stick. And so there was much concern and much worry that uh, because we were purchased, the pink slip was coming. That was six years ago. Uh, there was much worry that the company would hang up the Raptors and be gone. That was six years ago. There was concern that all of us would have to go find something else. That was six years ago. There was concern that the company didn't know what they were doing because in the buyout, the CEO got all the money and nobody else got anything. That was six years ago. God showed me six years ago that the peace of God will come to you when you pray about everything. Thank you, Lord, that, that you got me this far. I don't know about tomorrow, but you got us this far. Thank you, Lord, that you took care of whatever needed to be taken care of. Thank you that I didn't have to worry about it. Six years later, six years later, God shows it to me. And when he shows it to me, it reminds me afresh of the new attitude that I need. It reminds you and I afresh. That we need to, don't be anxious for nothing, don't worry about it, but be prayerful for everything, and be thankful for everything, and you can agree with Patty, you can have a new attitude, from your head to your shoes, you can tie up your point of view, you can get it together and have a new attitude. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I got a new attitude.
1: Well, if you ain't hit nobody else, you punch me in the stomach. I know I ain't the only one that feel like that. Keep giving God some praise for that message. Everyone, if you can, everyone, if you will, please stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. I'm going to do this a little bit differently right now as well. The ministers, uh, Minister Johnson, Minister Peters, Minister Burroughs, y'all come up as well. Stand with the Christian workers if you will for me. He just broke down some things in that that scripture, and that message that he just gave us. Um, Let me have one of you over here so the brothers on this side can see you too. He just said a few things in there. Be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. Peace of God. Your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, for somebody in the room, we're going to do this in a couple of different levels. For somebody in this room, the peace of God has been missing in you. Because you've never first and foremost placed your heart or your mind in Christ Jesus. Somebody in the room is unsaved. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody right now. But I am trying to tug on you because that is a problem in your life. The reason why when things go on, you go crazy and completely lose it every time is because you're trying to walk through this life by yourself. Let me give you a newsflash. You're not able to do that. You are only a human being. You've got some faults. You've got some flaws. It's a whole lot of stuff you just cannot handle. Stop trying. Put your faith first and foremost in the person of Jesus Christ. He will be your Lord and Savior to carry you through whatever it is you're dealing with on a regular basis. So the first people I'm talking to in this invitation are those that have never taken the opportunity to place their faith in Christ. I'm going to give you another I'm give you some inside track to know if that's you. If you don't know what I'm talking about right now, you haven't done it. If you have no idea what that means, you probably haven't done it. Second person, you placed your faith in Jesus Christ. But your heart and your mind does not stay there because you're trying to be a Christian all by yourself. You have no family around you. You have no support around you. You have no other Christians walking through this thing with you and it's hard on a regular basis. I got a news flash for you. You're not supposed to do that by yourself either. None of us are called to be Christian monks on the side of a mountain with just the Bible and the Lord. You have been called to be a part of a family. So if you have no family, this invitation is going out to you. Come on down, become a member of the church. Now, if you are unsaved, Or it's time for you to go ahead and be a member of the church. We're going to ask you to make that move in front of folks. I know that just makes somebody real uncomfortable. I'm going to tell you why I just said in front of folks and in front of all of us. There is power in doing something in front of other people. One of the reasons there are witnesses at a wedding is so they can remember what you just did. They can recall the fact that you were in your right mind when you said you wanted to marry that person. So when times get a little hard, they're going to remind you that is what you said. For somebody in here, your right mind is right now. While Christ is tugging at your heart, God is tugging at your mind. And he's already convicted you that you need to make a move. You are in your right mind right now. Later on, you're going to be fearful. Later on, you're going to be distracted. Later on, you're going to start worrying all over again. And your right mind is not going to be there. You're not going to make that step then. So whoever you are in this room that needs to give your life to Christ or you need to be a member of this church, come down right now as the the choir sings. Don't wait. Don't delay. Make your move right now. Come on down. I see you, brother. I see you, brother. Ain't the only one. Don't
2: play. Ain't the only one.
1: It's not over. It's not over. not over. Third call. Somebody else in this room, that peace ain't been with you because you have not been praying. You have not been taking things to God in the first place, and that anxiety is raising up in you. Whoever you are, we're going to take this time to pray together. This is an altar call. If you're coming down for prayer, come on right now. Let's pray on that thing that you're wrestling with. Let's take it to God because it's bothering you and you can't do nothing with it. We as a family going to pray together. This is for those saved, unsaved. You've been walking with the Lord for a long time. You just met him yesterday. It don't matter. It don't matter. Deacon, layperson, preacher, pew member. It don't matter. Let's take it to God. Let's take it to God. As a family, let's take it to God. If you're in the back and it come to the rail. If you want to come downstairs, come on. Right, we'll wait for you. Keep on coming. Keep on
2: coming.
1: Let's go to God. God, our Father. Mm-hmm. Lord, first of all, we thank you yeah. for being who you are, Lord. Yeah, yeah. God, you got a track record with us already. There's no time. There's no thing we faced. There's no experience in our life where we can say you dropped us off in the middle of the ocean and let us drown because you were not taking care of us, God. Father, we can all admit in this room that we've been scared before. Yeah. We've been worried before. Something has been before us that we had no idea what we were going to do with. Yes. And you brought us through in any way, God. We did not have the answers, but you had unlimited resources. You took care of it before. You will take care of it again, Lord. Yes. Let us remember who you are, God. Let us remember that you are the one who can do anything, who is always everywhere, and who knows everything that's going on. And then, Father, let us rest in the fact of who we are in you. God, we are your children. We are your people. Your word said that as we, as humans, know how to give good gifts, how much more will you do for us? So, Father, right now I'm asking for everybody in the room for that peace that surpasses all understanding. That fruit of the Holy Spirit that you told us about in your word, God, I am praying that it would hit each and every one of us that is standing at this altar right now. Father, continue to let us know what to do with our issues when they rise up. Continue to let us know how we ought to walk, move, and live in you instead of anxiety, fear, worry, or depression, God. God, thank you for this reminder today. We ask that you would keep doing what only you can do. Keep touching us and keep growing us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody Amen. give God some praise in here. Thank you, Lord. All right, good hope. It's time for the offering. God is good, ain't he? The offering is the time where we show how much we love God in a tangible way through the gifts that he gave to us in the first place here at Good Hope. We don't have four or five offerings. We do one. We're not trying to split them up so that you can eventually get to the amount you should have did in the first place. (laughs) It's all at one time. (laughs) So this is the opportunity we have to give back to God out of the abundance that he's given to us. There are several different ways to give. You can give online through the Good Hope website. You can give off the Good Hope app. Um, Text Good Hope NBC app to 77977. Download the app. You can't give there. You can give through our GiveLify app. You can also give through a check or cash. All of that is acceptable. But important thing is give out of your heart in response to the goodness that God has shown you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let us have an offering. All right, now we're going to do a second special offering um it's not an if you were blessed by that message i know you were blessed by that message i know you were blessed by that message <laughs> we're going to collect a special offering from very own minister ron bell amen amen, amen. amen. all right let's collect that offering Bye. Let's have our
3: audio announcements. Finding a place to take your loved one on Valentine's Day can be challenging. From making reservations to waiting long hours for a table. What a hassle. Instead, come and enjoy a wonderful Valentine's Day dinner here in The View. Don't miss this spectacular evening of fun, fellowship, live music, and dinner for two on February 14th from 7 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. in The View. Sign up via the Good Hope website or I Am Hope mobile app. The cost is $60 per couple. Our SVP while seating and dance floor space is still available. Have a blessed day. Are you ready for some soccer? Our second season of Good Hope's Upward Soccer is about to get started. Our inaugural season was a phenomenal success in which we had 50% more kids than anticipated from our targeted zip codes. In 2020, we are looking for that number to increase. We incorporate devotionals into both Tuesday practices and Saturday games as we try to introduce Jesus Christ in an age-appropriate manner. Orientation evaluations are scheduled for March 7th at 9 a.m. Practices begin Tuesday, March 17th at 6 p.m. and games begin Saturday, March 21st. Register your child or sponsor a child today via the I Am Hope mobile app or goodhope.org website.
4: Hey, this past summer, we had an opportunity to take our kids to Kids Across America in Stony Creek Camps, and we had a great time. These kids were strolling. These kids was having fun. These kids were doing archery, fishing. They were doing things that they never in their life thought that they would ever do. And they met people along the way that looked just like them. But one of the greatest things that they did was they ended up going to cross talk and they went and seen what Jesus did for them on the cross. It was so powerful that a lot of our kids ended up rededicating their life or being baptized. Man, if you feel like you're interested in in sponsoring a kid or giving money towards the bus this year, my plan this year, I took 67 kids, my plan this year is to take over 100. That's going to cost a whole lot of money, good hope. But I hope and pray that this touches you and it hits your heart in the way that you want to get one of these kids. Thank you, and I love you.
3: True Youth is looking for people to be Good Hope Youth Ministry volunteers. If you've been waiting for an opportunity to impact our youth, here's your chance. We are especially looking for volunteers for our small group sessions, check-in table, and helping put snacks out. Come and learn where you can help at our Youth Volunteer Orientation on Sunday, February 16th at 12 noon in The View. Register today via the I Am Hope app or goodhope.org website.
5: Have you ever wondered about the contributions of minorities to Christianity? At 7 p.m. February 18th, we would like to invite all millennials and Generation Z to come out to Good Hope. Dr. Vincent Bantu and legendary Christian hip-hop artist Sho Baraka will be bringing their mastery to the stage to create a night of education and entertainment. Bantu and Baraka will combine academia with the arts to uncover the truth about African, Asian, and American Christianity. This will be a night where lectures, drama, and music will merge into one. You don't want to miss this. Don't forget... CDs of all sermons are located in the Center for Hope Bookstore for a donation of $5. That about does it for this week's Good News Weekly Announcements. Have a blessed and prosperous week, and remember, good hope, loving God, loving all people, and changing the world.
1: All right, additional reminders. Um, Dr. Elliot Mallory Green is teaching today, 430 this afternoon, at Riverside United United Methodist Church. That is 4920 Cullen Boulevard near U of H. Um, Midweek Bible studies will be taking place this week. Um, Wednesday evening at 7, Wednesday at noon as well. Um, Continue to pray for our sick and shut-in members as well as our grieving family members. Um, Some have lost loved ones already, even though it's short in 2020. Um, Small group sign-up is happening today as well. Um, Over in the Center for Hope discovery seminar is today all right your classes 101 201 301 401 will be today um also want to give an additional plug for that valentine's day dance um for those of you who try to go out for valentine's day y'all know how packed restaurants are you're not gonna get no table for like three hours come on up here i'm just saying i'm just saying all right um first second third time guest in the room please stand to your feet You've been here a few times. You've been here for the first time. You've been here a couple of times, and you just scared of commitment. I don't know. Go on, stand to your feet. Go on, stand to your feet. All right. Y'all was talking to you, huh? Y'all just laughing. All right. Welcome to Good Hope once again, the place you can believe, belong, and become all that God wants you to be. We knew you were coming today, so we got something for you. So what you're going to do is go ahead and gather up your belongings. You're going to follow the people that have the guest relations sign. right now. Go ahead, take your stuff. Take your stuff. You're going with them. Take your stuff. You're going with them. There you go. You're going with them. You're going to go with them. You're going to go with them. We just want to show you tangibly how much we love you, how much we appreciate you being here today. Let us thank God for our guests today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to tell y'all a secret when they leave, but they got to leave first. They got to leave first. I'm going to tell y'all a secret. They still here, so I ain't going to say it yet. They, for real, no, for real they still there. They right there. You know people be trying to say something, you be like, Psh. They're right here. And they're almost gone. They're almost out. And he trying to hold it up, so I can't say it. Alright, this the secret. The only way somebody becomes a guest is if you give an invitation. That's about it. People don't go to a party unless they invited. That's kind of how that goes. So invite somebody. If you feel like you are blessed by the ministry here at this church, bring somebody with you next time. Amen? Amen. 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 All right. If our hearts and minds are clear. Our hearts and minds clear. All right, let us stand. Let's prepare to go down from this place. All right, connect with a family member. But the fellas, if you feel feeling that type of way, y'all can just do dap. Y'all can do dap.
2: That's how the young boys do it. They just do dap. We ain't holding
1: hands. We just going to dap up. will nobody think we different. Just going to dap it up. <laughs> all right. Let us go to God in prayer. Dear God, our Father, once again, we thank you for being you. God, thank you for all that our eyes have seen and all that our ears have heard. Thank you for pricking our hearts once again. Thank you for washing our minds. Oh uh, God, we need you all the time, each and every day. Father, we ask that you would let this word be implanted in us, find fertile ground, and produce fruit that you can be proud of. Let that fruit go forth to others that we know and love so that they can see exactly who you are in the person of us as we live and move in you. Father, give us a good work week. Let us be able to go through our days, our nights, our trials and tribulations in a way that honors you because your power resides in us and we can offer everything up to you in prayer. In Jesus' name, we ask it all. Amen. Amen. And show somebody some love on the way out to sanctuary.